Uh, This morning's passage comes to us from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has took notice of this lowly, uh, lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He has shown mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and hot haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones. He he expanded the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he has made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for for three months and then return back to her home. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Emily. May God bless the reading of God's word and would you pray with me? God, may this story of the birth of Jesus, our King, ever grow inside of us. That we would praise your name. That we would learn more and more to follow Jesus and his ways. I pray these things in his name and by the Holy Spirit. Amen. I unpacked our nativity set the other day, and on the box where Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus were stored were these words Behold, the awe and the wonder of the Christmas story. That is a pretty good imperative. Behold the awe and wonder of the Christmas story. An old woman, barren, now pregnant with a child who will have the power of Elijah. A young virgin has conceived A baby grows inside her who will become the king of her people. Dreams and visions and angels and shepherds and donkeys and sheep and a manger. Awe and wonder indeed. Yes, let us stop. Take the story in. Let our souls savor it. There's another word that describes the Christmas story that I want to bring to the foreground today. When this word is spoken, it will be, I imagine, anticlimactic. 
It is not a word that will make its way onto Christmas packages. It is not a word that marketers will use to get us to go to the mall and spend money or to fill up our online shopping carts. This word will not cause us to rush out, buy a Lexus, and put a big old red bow on top. I do not think this word will do any of those things, but this word surely describes the good news of the Christmas story. And this word is all over, not literally, but it is all over the gospel according to Luke. The word I have in mind is the word reversal. Like I said, anticlimactic. There is a reversal for both of these women, Elizabeth and Mary. For Elizabeth, her disgrace, her shame, reversed by God's kindness. For Mary, her humble beginnings, her lowly state, reversed by the Mighty One. But keep reading Mary's song, and it is clear that God's plans for reversal are not only for these two women, but for the entire people, yes, for the entire world. The lowly ones will be seen by the Mighty One. Those who are hungry, fed. Those who are humble, exalted. And now look out. Those who are rich, your status will be reversed. Those who are arrogant, drunk with power, hear the song of this girl, you will be torn down from your throne. Behold, Mary sings of a great reversal. As we read along in the Gospel of Luke, even past the birth of Jesus, this idea of reversal only grows like the baby inside her. Many of us here are reading the book of Luke during Advent. 24 chapters in Luke, 24 days of Advent, chapter a day. I invite you to do the same, chapter a day. And as we read along in Luke's Gospel, we, re- we find reversal all over the place. Jesus announces his ministry with the words of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me, anointed, Mashiach, Christ. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. God's great jubilee. In Luke's gospel, Jesus speaks of reversal in his great blessing, the Beatitudes. This is Jesus now. Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God belongs to you. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, you will laugh. But woe to you who are rich. You've received your comfort. Woe to you who are well satisfied with food, you will be hungry. And woe to you who laugh, you will mourn and weep. Reversal. Reversal is evident in Luke with stories that Jesus tells as well. Stories with hated Samaritans as heroes and rich men tormented in the afterlife. Widows receiving justice even from people, judges who do not fear God. Crooked tax collectors justified in the eyes of God. These are the stories he tells. 
And all this reversal makes one wonder, in Jesus' mind, who is the greatest in your kingdom anyway? He has an answer for that too, doesn't he? The children. All these reversals in in Luke's gospel don't only come about in words and in stories. They come about in healings and miracles and the lives of people. I think of Zacchaeus, a rich, crooked tax collector himself, standing up, promising to pay restitution to all those he wronged and stole from. Or that sinful woman who anointed Jesus, she, and not the religious leaders, is the example of what it means to show hospitality to God's anointed. Or I think of the most incredible reversal in all of human history. A humble king, crucified, dead and buried, resurrected to new life. The great reversal. Mary sings his his powerful arm has done mighty things he has taken down princes off their thrones and exalted the humble dot 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 to their thrones he has filled the hungry with good things he sent the rich away empty handed empty handed Mary is filled with joy because of this reversal why is Elizabeth and Mary so joyful why is that baby doing jumping jacks in Elizabeth. But not everyone's so joyful. There's a dark side to the Christmas story. I think it is seen most clearly in the gospel according to Matthew. I speak of King Herod. The Magi arrive at Herod's palace. They're looking for a newly born king. Problem No baby has just been born in Herod's palace. And so the Magi inadvertently dropped the first domino of terror in the Christmas story. Wailing and weeping, Matthew said. Uh, The girls and I have been watching the Star Wars movies. We just watched the one where, uh, spoiler alert, Luke and Leia are twins. Where Luke and Leia are born. You know the great Jedi Master Luke Skywalker? The great Princess Leia? These two babies will grow up and they will play vital roles in the takedown of the Galactic Empire. And when Luke and Leia are born... Well, now, the empire, they would rather see these babies dead. And so, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda. Is there a greater character than Yoda? They decide that the babies must be split up. They must be, they must be hidden from the empire. And that's what Joseph is told to do with Jesus. You must go and you must run and you must hide the baby. Hide, run to Egypt. Because Herod will not let go of his power. And once Jesus is born, they must run and hide because the great reversal would not be something that those in power will allow to happen without a fight. And that's true today too. Herod did terrible things to keep his power. Terrible things. 
and the spirit of Herod is alive today. In the past month, I've listened to no fewer than four podcasts chronicling the spirit of Herod in the desperate rulers of our time. For example, in the, in the November 26th uh, podcast of Radio Lab, great podcast, they chronicle the ruthless ruling of Ali Bongo in the Central African country of Gabon. Maybe you know this story. The Bongo regime is one that has for more than 50 years helped the elite to become wealthy while allowing the rest of the country to crumble. Oil rich, thousands of barrels of oil uh, harvested per day, but none of that money goes to schools or roads, nothing. After the so-called election of 2009, Ali Bongo adds to his collection of hundreds and hundreds of luxury cars, probably with red ribbons on top, and builds scores more French villas for himself. And along with all of this comes violence, especially to those who oppose his power. They're arrested, imprisoned, and killed. The spirit of Herod is alive today. The December 2nd episode of The Daily tells the awful story of the government crackdown in Iran, which has killed 200, 400, we don't know. Same podcast, November 14th, covering the ruthless response of the government in Chile to the protests there. And just this past week, the New York Times podcast reported on, a, on government documents uh, that were released by someone from China the outline the Chinese government's crackdown of Uyghur Muslims. And I know this is in the heart of many people here. Catherine, you come to mind. In one official document, Chile, uh, I'm sorry, China's President Xi Jinping ordered his subordinates to, quote, use all the organs of dictatorship and show absolutely no mercy. The result has been detention camps, indoctrination sites, prisons burgeoning, forced labor. The estimate is one to three, somewhere in there, million Uyghurs are caught up in the system. December 10th, prepare your heart and listen to it. The spirit of Herod is alive today. And that's why we need this word, reversal. Sung by a peasant girl in Nazareth. We need reversal in the Christmas story because it reminds us that the mighty one in his powerful arm will tear down the mighty and the haughty and raise up the humble. It reminds us why it is that Mary and Elizabeth are so overjoyed about these babies growing inside of them. Anytime a baby is born is cause for celebration, no doubt. But Mary's song reminds us that the joy also comes about because one of the babies is the power of Elijah. And the other baby is going to be a true, just king who sits on David's throne, bringing peace and justice. God's justice. Yes, the spirit of Herod is here, but so too is the spirit of Mary. Mary's spirit is alive today. The spirit of hope and love, a spirit that clings to the promise that God has sent Messiah, God will send Messiah. That God will scatter the proud, he will bring down princes from their thrones, exalting the humble. The spirit of Mary is alive. It's alive in organizations like the International Justice Mission, 
If you don't know much about their work, go learn more. They work to fight against slavery and human trafficking, a $150 billion industry in this world. They fight against it by rescuing victims, bringing criminals to justice, and working to strengthen local justice systems. Incredible work in the name of Jesus. This past week, I was on their website again, uh, and I came across a story that they featured of a boy named Marco. Marco is seven years old from the Philippines. He was exploited in human trafficking. IJM found him. They rescued him and his little sister. They brought the oppressors to, ju- the oppressors to justice, and now he is in an aftercare shelter with his sister. And they asked Marco, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, I want to be Superman. And I want to fight bad guys. Sounds like we have a Jedi master in training. <laughs> the spirit of Mary is alive today in churches and organizations like World Vision, Compassion International, Christian organizations dedicated to feeding the hungry, helping the poor to find ways out. I think of Lutheran immigration and refugee services dedicated to the work of God, work of God's justice among those who are lowly and humble like Mary. And we find it here in Northfield too. And I find it sitting here before me. The spirit of Mary. A hope in God. I see it in our community. Community Action Center, CAC, and in its ministries of food and its ministries of housing and the way that we, we, we gather together as a community to do even things like make sure kids have Christmas presents. I see the spirit of Mary in this church. Anytime we take an honest look at our privilege, our power, our wealth, and we say, how ought I now live in view of God's kingdom? The one that Mary sings about. And so may the spirit of Mary and the spirit of this incredible Magnificat never leave us. Yes, May we all behold the awe and the wonder of the Christmas story. And may we also behold God's promised reversal. Let us pray. O come, Lord Jesus. O come, Lord Jesus. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And we need that to be true in our lives. We need that to be true in our church. Jesus, make it true in our nation and in this world. May we sing in the spirit of Mary that there be peace on earth. May we sing in the spirit of Mary that you are the mighty one. May we seek you and find you. And may you, O God, come to us and teach us your ways, the ways of Jesus, the one whom we long for. And we pray these things in his name and by your Holy Spirit. Amen.